KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company. Schleider Painting, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. And good morning, good Saturday, good home improvement, good grief. It's another world day upon us. Lots of news, all sorts of things. May we live in interesting times. Scott Mosby here on the microphone and the control board. Uh, All of that home improvement based. Two hours for the Helitech CamoX Home Improvement Show. We have two hours all about you. Your home, your comfort, your health, your safety, and your security, all of which wraps up into our homes where we live. Phone lines open for you. I have 10 of them wide open. I'm sitting here in this room by myself, so lonely. Why don't you call in and talk to me here? Scott Mosby, I'm just forlorn. 314 toll free anywhere on the globe, and that is true, 800 800-925-1120, 314-436-7900. Let's talk about your home. Uh, the rain is upon us. Uh, be aware uh, we are the Helitech Home Improvement Show, foundation repair-based, also sponsored in part by Gutterworks, water-based. Keep the water off your roof, gather it together. Those are the two sponsors that help bring the Home Improvement Show to you every week right here on KMWX. Kudos, thank yous, and best wishes to those companies that continue to serve. Uh, My company is Mosby Building Arts. We were founded in 1947. We're in 70-plus years of uh, operation, and indeed we are kind of operating. We are an essential business, essential service. Once you get somebody's house kind of uh, dismantled, um, you know, the apparently that's uh, pretty important, so we get right back on it, um, and we are working each day, bringing as much to bear as we can safely, because uh, distancing, I mean, we still have issues with inspections, and uh, really just keeping away from one another. So now, instead of uh, carpooling to job sites, things like that, we are driving individually one person, one vehicle. So it does change how we go about doing business. Uh, There are lots of things that we do safely. Uh, However, uh, we are open for business. Believe it or not, uh, we're very busy in the design stage. Uh, We have a virtual design capability, so this can all be done independently from your home, by yourself, connected in through a Zoom, go to meeting, some virtual computer application, uh, all of which we are prepared for and operating under. We can do, with your help, a first visit analysis of your home for design uh, checking out for kitchens, bathrooms, front porches, accessibility. We recognize life continues. Things still need to be attended. And we're heading into the spring where outdoor work in the exteriors It needs a little bit of attention. It's been a a winter of um, Mother Nature, old man winter pounding on the house. So those things are important as well. We heard from Helitech last week. Burke Watts called in from Helitech. Uh, They are open for business. Uh, Monday, uh, Governor Parsons issued a stay-at-home order. So that uh, curtails a little bit uh, of what happens around the state. I urge you, tuning in to KMOX, Brian Kelly is but one example of how KMOX has been and has your back since 1925. 
quite a while. Uh, we're rolling up on, uh, you know, 100 years here soon. We have a full operation of newsroom at your service, as we will, uh, throughout this uh, pandemic or whatever issue faces. Sometimes in normal times, it's snow days at school. Uh, other times, it's uh, traffic problems around the town and the Midwest. We reach out five states for all of the service, uh, and we at KMOX take this very seriously. Uh, I am very honored to be here. I'm, I don't even remember how many years. It's 23-plus years, and my commitment to you is to bring to you the best knowledge, the most experience, and the most accurate answers I can muster. Uh, doesn't mean that I'm right all the time. It does mean that that I'm out there with my nose like a bloodhound looking for better answers, uh, better science around the uh, built environment, as we call it. Uh, anyway, um, so Mosby Building Arts is my company. We're licensed architects, and we have virtually a full design staff. And we're what's called business-wise vertically integrated. We have all those uh, services. So that's where I get my knowledge. It's like, how do you know all that stuff? It's like... I have dozens of people giving me better ideas, new products, processes that change, updated building science. I mean, it's pretty cool. And then, you know, when I'm away from this microphone on the weekends and we have somebody else from Mosby Building Arts come in and, you know, sit the microphone, they've been trained with me, along with me, alongside me, uh, sometimes by me, sometimes me in instructed and trained by them. Uh, so anyway, if... Uh, if I can help, I am here. I am part of KMOX. So this is the at-your-service portion of the day throughout the weekend. I enjoy listening to Mike Miller and hearing about my garden. I will tell you this. I don't know if you're having any experiences like me. My honeydew list is getting shorter. The house is in better shape than it has been for some time because I sit around twiddling my thumbs, wondering what I'm going to do with myself. I'm an extrovert, so I get outside. I'm fixing the low-volt lights. I'm making lists on this and that and what things need attention when we get back uh, into the summertime on, you know, painting the outside, touch up this, uh, you know, doorbells that need to be replaced, all those sorts of small things that happen. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, toll-free 800-925-1120. I urge you to call in with questions around your heating and cooling. We're about to change from a heating season. I, I know it's hard to imagine today a little cold and rainy and all, but it will. Uh, Tuesday is going to be 80 degrees. What will you do then? I mean, who who will you call if it doesn't work? So uh, opportunities to test your air conditioning system, change that uh, uh, air filter in your furnace, make sure that your humidifier is clean. And this is very important because we will still have, you know, a month or two of closed-in occupation in our homes, at least as we know now with the pandemic. Make sure you're circulating and humidifying healthy air because with a humidifier you can have a lot of moisture there warm moist dark oh boy that's a petri dish so make sure you're cleaning out the mold mildew and anything might be on the inside of that humidifier it's a big deal uh, change that element when the season turns that's important as well a uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 don't overlook electrical outlets light switches and breakers those things keep us healthy they keep us safe they keep us secure um uh, 
any home automation issues that you have, those are time intensive. They take time for you to pay attention to, sometimes to get some wizard in to uh, get those things set up right. Uh, but we can't call our kids and our grandkids anymore. You know, they're uh, home uh, distancing as well. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 for the do-it-yourselfers out there. Bring it on. My name's Scott Mosby and I am at your service. For those that are looking for companies to help, I can help you go through how to go about and what we do at Mosby Building Arts. When we interview a new contractor, uh, we use a lot of uh, 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 trade partners as we call them and of course everybody wants to work for Mosby Building Arts because of the reputation so it well we take that very seriously so there's a very deep due diligence uh, trial part uh, checking out how they do business things like that uh, that's become a little bit of an issue now in the new virtual reality how do you check out a new trade partner with social distancing by virtual computer connections a three one four four three six seven nine hundred eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty my name is Scott Mosby I am at your service right here on KMOX. Now back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby here, Home Improvement, two full hours. You are today's topic. Uh, phone lines open for you right now, 314-436-7900. Toll free anywhere in the globe, 800-925-1120. Questions from five-state area. We take the Midwest responsibility of being the voice of the Midwest very seriously. Uh, 314-436-7900, In my opening, I referred to humidity. Humidifiers. One lady called, wanted to know more about how to service a humidifier or what to pay attention to. Well, keep in mind, if you have a humidifier, it needs care and feeding. Um, it needs servicing, cleaning. If you can imagine your car, as you drive your car around the yard, the, the, the town, if you didn't wash it for a year, what would it look like? I mean, granted, you get rainstorms, you get all of that. It still would be coated with all kinds of stuff. Now, think about the inside of your humidifier, whether it is a waterfall type or a wet media. It is wet, dark, and warm the whole winter. It needs to be cleaned just like a shower. What if you never cleaned your shower in a year? You can imagine. So my point being not about showers or cars. It's that anything with that set of circumstances just needs a little bit of care and feeding. Uh, so if you've got a humidifier and you're pretty handy, uh, typically you can look up that model number and uh, find the service manual or just go to your uh, owner's manual. It'll tell you what to do, show you how to take it apart. You unplug it. If there's an electrical connection and they all have some sort of electricity connected to it, uh, you unplug it so that you're safely working. Turn off the water supply. They'll all have some sort of a water supply. Looks like a little bitty tubing, tube coming into that unit. It'll go into a little thing that looks like a uh, little transformer uh, about the size of a golf ball, sometimes as big as a tennis ball, but a small piece of metal. That's the solenoid that turns the water flow on and off. Um, and that is operated by when the blower motor comes on with the front. Anyway, the point is, is opening up that thing safely after you unplug it, turn off the water. When you take a look inside, you'll know whether it needs help or not. 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120. 
because it's just like, is it clean? Does it look okay? You don't need to be an expert to recognize when something's dirty and needs servicing. Uh, you can clean this thing up. Um, there are waterfall elements. Uh, uh, kind of looks like an electronic air filter thing, about 12 inches square roughly on uh, an April air, which is a waterfall. Uh, it's a continuous stream, so when the furnace comes on and needs humidify, humidification, uh, dry air needs to be a little wetter, if you will. Uh, that water source turns on and it just trickles down that metal thing and blowing warm air past it, it humidifies the air on the way past. That's waterfall uh, or not called wet media because nothing stays wet after the thing turns off. It dries out. So it tends to be a little healthier, but that media, that 12 by 12 by about 2 inch thick um, um, media, as they call it, is just a, a big little piece of metal covered with some magical coating uh, that gets changed every year uh, then on a wet media it may have a foam or some sort of a drum that turns uh, those are typically not still in service because they were a mess they were wet moist and they grew mold very rapidly because it had a pond and it had kind of a sponge circle that turned with a little motor they were very good and very effective at raising the humidity but they also were very good at growing mold so there that wet media has kind of fallen out of favor uh, and then in the higher dollars you get up to six seven eight hundred dollars for the hardware itself you get into a steam humidifier and those generally are, are pretty clean uh, costly um, low maintenance and very high and effective because it's kind of like the old humidifiers we had in our rooms uh, where it would heat up the air cause steam and then the steam gets uh, pushed into the ductwork plenum and pushed around the house by the forced air or whatever it is uh, those have a media kind of a drum in them uh, that needs to be changed each time, each year. Uh, it's one of my Mosby things. I do it myself, and then basically when I remember to do that, it's typically when I call the service man. So sometimes I change it, sometimes they change it, but once a year I get that unit looked at. Uh, and I encourage you to do that too because there can be a lot of nasties growing in that humidifier, and if you start sneezing and your nose running every time the furnace goes on, there's a message there. And that is something is amiss, and it's time to get it taken care of. Uh, phone lines, 314-436-7900, Scott Mosby, let's fire up, get going with my friend Robin here. Good morning, Robin. Thank you for joining KMOX. How may I help you? Good morning, Scott. Hey, yes, I have good a morning. question. Hi. Hey, um, my hot water heater started leaking this week, and it's older. It's probably over 15 years old, little rust at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Should I, it's still, we're still getting hot water. I called a couple places yesterday to get estimates, was shocked at the price. What is your advice for us? Uh, well, it's telling you it's at the end of its life. It'll be kind of a slow death. So the the dripping usually is uh, uh, coming out from underneath it, which indicates, you know, it's rusting or failing in some point on that tank. And the tank is the part that fails most commonly. Uh, okay. Is there a little pipe on the side, you know, the pressure uh, tube that comes down? Is that where the water's coming from? It's coming directly from the bottom, coming underneath. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's dead on arrival. Um, okay. Okay. It, it's on its way out. Uh, I will urge you um, to um, get up the food chain. I know prices, keep in mind about half of that cost is going to be for the installation. About half the cost is going to be for the hardware itself of that, uh, of that um, water heater. Um, 
be it's kind of like buying a car you go in and you wind up at the least costly model and it doesn't really have a whole lot of bells and whistles it'll get you back and forth and it'll operate okay then you add a few features for creature comfort, a little more electronics, you get a little better mileage, and then they start upgrading the engine, the cylinder, you know, you wind up with an engine that's going to last longer, so you kind of get what you pay for, um, and uh, it, so anyway, be at least in the middle of the line on water heater units and get involved in which unit that is but likewise uh be razor uh uber aware of who's putting it in um because you can have a really good water heater put in poorly uh, void the warranty and then you wind up having to pay for the thing all over again so who and how um who puts it in is more important than the unit itself too Okay, so one other question. Um, I've noticed that there are some rebates available right now. Is that across the board for whoever puts it in? Should I be eligible for that rebate with anyone then? Uh, it depends. If you go through the uh, utility, say through uh, Ameren or through Spire, the gas company, uh, they have a list of contractors who can qualify for that rebate. They'll do all the paperwork for you. Uh, you can purchase that directly through uh, the utility. Um, and most of the plumbers, uh, you know, the good ones will do the same for you as well. And they know how to do the rebates and all. And, and you'll know that. But uh, uh, again, keep in mind that getting a good job is first and the rebate is second. But the rebates are uh, they're worthwhile, but they're not stunning. You know, they're not going to change your mind from here to there. You know, so anyway, just just be aware. Fast recovery is going to be important. Uh, If you get uh, let's say you're at a 40 gallon water heater and you have kind of a standard you know it was new when the house was built or whatever you can get another 40 with a high recovery or fast recovery and it'll operate like a 50 gallon water heater because it makes hot water really fast Um, or you can go to a 50 on a middle of the line you get the same thing Um, so just be aware of the features and talk about which unit what the features are what the prices are and and frankly uh, you know name brand tend to meet a lot too okay we do have a 50 right now so we'll probably just continue to go with that and so expected price i'm looking at a couple thousand dollars is about where they're at right now does that seem pretty accurate yes yes where are you located are you in st louis county i'm in o'fallon st charles county yeah we do have fire well, there's a, an expansion tank that goes on there. There's pipe. I mean, again, it's kind of like you get what you pay for. Um, there's a blue tank that looks like a basketball or a propane tank that goes on the top of the water heater, and it's a shock absorber. So uh, your better installers will put an expansion tank on top of this, and if you're in St. Louis County, they're required to be installed in every unit. If you think about it, uh, have you ever used a pressure cooker in the kitchen? Yes. Your water heater is exactly that. So it is a steam-generating hot 
appliance and as the temperature goes up so does the pressure and uh, how that pressure is managed is either powerfully good or powerfully bad and that's the purpose for it. it's kind of a shock absorber that just like on your car you hit a bump and it absorbs that pressure if you have a spike in the pressure in your hot water system then that expansion tank is a bladder in there and it just compresses the air uh, and then brings it back instead of making your pipes go bang 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 okay well you've been most helpful i really appreciate all of your information today for us thank you so much well, Robin, the way you're going about it, the way you're asking me questions, trust your heart. Your gut will know if something doesn't feel right, then just kind of close your eyes and, you know, listen to that, that gut knowledge, that old Gnostic sense. Uh, you know, you, uh, most of the questions I answer here, I don't really bring new information. I just give you confidence for something you already kind of think you know, you know. Okay, great. Thank you very much. You have okay. a great weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye, Robin. Thanks for the call. Oh. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Again, uh, people don't realize, well, why do you do a licensed plumber? Well, because a bad one can kill you. Why? Well, if you think about now, pandemics and plagues and all those things you heard over the last several thousand years of, you know, how do we get rid of waste? How do we handle vents and sewer? Oh, sewer gas is methane. methane well, that sounds explosive. You betcha. Uh, so, uh, again, your floor drain needs to be properly plumbed so that it has a water charge in there separating the sewer gases from the inside of the house. Well, you don't want to blow up because there's a floor drain right next to your water heater. You know that thing with a pilot light or that turns gas and flames, gas into flames? Yes, indeed. So, you know, Mo, Larry, and Curly coming to install your hot water heater is probably not a really good idea uh, because it, it's not a big deal to do it right, but it is a big deal to do it wrong. And the price difference between those two projects are generally not a whole lot. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby here, and one of my favorite topics uh, is uh, one of the blog posts on callmosby.com, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y.com, is load-bearing walls. As you're at home, you're walking around that house, and you're thinking, boy, I'd sure like to do this kitchen. Boy, it sure seems small. Everybody likes to sit in the family room. What if we could put them together? Can we do that? Usually, there's a wall in the way. And removing all of that wall may be more costly than it's worth. But where is the bearing point? Where are the probable pipes? What wires, what ductwork goes into that wall? Does that wall hold up the roof or two stories maybe even? That's in the blog. So it's how to identify probable load-bearing walls. Uh, Don't do this all by yourself, but you're wandering around that house with lots of time, things to do. Uh, We're going to show you on here, and I'll discuss it a little bit when we come back. How to identify a load-bearing wall right here on KMOX. Now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, we had a caller. Uh, why is a hot water heater called a hot water heater and not just a water heater? Well, I can go on that for uh, several hours, but I'll spare you the pain. Um, what things are called uh, in a certain area? 
um, is the common industry knowledge is not the industry standard. So that we're getting into a contractual term um, that uh, affects, uh, for example, uh, years ago, it was uh, very common to put in Hausrecht or Tyvek incorrectly because it came to the market, it was a great product, and carpenters started putting this stuff up the best that they understood. Well, once you get a couple of carp, they teach the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. Well, frankly, 80% of that house wrap that was put in in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, uh, even 2000s, there's still stuff going in wrong today. Uh, but because of the, in the common industry standard was put it in this way, it didn't match how it was supposed to be installed. And I get to, you know, when you put a window in, you tuck the top flange underneath the house wrap so that just like shingles lapping from the top to the bottom, any water that gets on the outside of the house wrap just sheds and, and drains to the outside. If you nail the window on top of that house wrap, you introduce a new leak so we have a lot of windows that leak at the top Mosby Building Arts we've been repairing these for 20-25 years it's literally a pretty good sized business in itself just correcting those errors so the industry standard is what the manufacturers want and and this is how you properly do it but the common local industry practice is something well so the common local terminology by homeowners you know mrs smith it's a water heater well my car makes hot water i turn on the engine i drive it around town it it's a water heater um you know so that's but a hot water heater typically calling it what it is uh it's hot water so it's not this is not a definitive answer uh this is my opinion of why and how we get to the place but as consumers all I want is hot water when I turn on the faucet. So I'm looking for something that makes hot water. And, uh, you know, most people don't know that it comes from a water heater. Uh, they just know whether the hot water comes out hot or cold. So anyway, I think there's my 10 cent answer to a dollar question. The question is more worthy than my answer. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's go to Tom and see what's cooking with my buddy here. Hey, Tom, good morning. Welcome to CamWex, my friend. How can I help? Yeah, hey, hey, Tom, I have a, a large um, ranch house uh-huh. that was built in the early 50s, yeah. and it's got a roof on a flat tar roof on it that's probably about 25 years old and i've just been repairing it okay and i want your advice on to keep repairing it the old flat tar roof or go ahead and replace it uh flat roofs flat roofs need to be recoded periodically and when you get it's kind of like a paint think of a flat roof it's a it's a waterproof painted coating that goes on top of uh something uh so you have a high-tech um waterproof paint up there well paint doesn't last forever and just for example when you have a new material and you paint it the first time uh, it may be 10 years before it needs another cone of paint because it has a pristine brand new surface that got a really good primer and it's soaked in and then it got a couple of good top coats so it got so everything was done right so it lasts a long time then you know 10 years later it's time for the second coat you put the second coat of paint on you know hopefully you wash off all the dirt and the grime um, most painters just uh, kind of start 
painting right over the dirt and the dust. Uh, so my point is, is every successive coating, every paint job that gets on top of the old is now painting the old paint, not painting the wood. So now you're coating the coating. And the coating is the part that degrades from ultraviolet light, the heat, uh, the cold in St. Louis, the thermal swing, the delta. You could have 150 degree black surface roof temperatures and you could have a below 10 degree Fahrenheit. So you can have a 160 degree temperature swing between seasons. Holy smoke, the expansion and contraction of artificial coated materials with that swing just doesn't last long. So my point is, is you're now, if you haven't really done anything serious like big money on your flat roof for 15 years, you're there. It's time to start look at looking uh, for a, a company that'll come in uh, and change the insulation underneath it, at the sloping, uh, you know, or you can have, you know, just another coating on top of it. And all of this is related to your wallet. Do you have enough, uh, you know, shekels in your wallet to pull out and pay for another coating for two but my point is, is if you're going to recode it, don't expect it to last more than two or three years. You'll be back again. Uh, but if you wind up with a new roof, you're going to pay, you know, 10 times that amount. But you get 10 years of, you know, before you have to really pay attention to it again. So uh, it, it's really about do I start over and control it all, which costs the money? Or do I just kind of give it, you know, limp it along? You know, it's like fixing your 10-year-old car. Same, same thing. So, Scott, are there new technologies to, to just put on top of that as opposed to ripping out what's there, just put something new technology on top? Oh, yeah, well, they're, yeah, they're, they're old coating. Frankly, the, the liquid coatings, all the products that you can either liquid apply, membrane apply, uh, are, are phenomenal. They are chemically superior products. The problem is you're painting rust. You're painting cancer. Uh, it, it's any the highest quality paint is cannot perform better than the substrate it's applied to. So if your substrate moves 160 degrees of back and forth, even your new product coating, you're painting the paint. You're putting a roof coating over the roof coating, and the, that roof coating is 15 years old. It's no longer pliable, supple, and movable. It cracks when it moves that much, and that new coating cracks with it. So the the products. There are membranes, there are paint fluid applied membranes that are absolutely phenomenal. But if you have a bad substrate, which is the problem with a 15-year-old anything, um, you're putting good money over bad. That's the problem. Okay, makes sense. Thank you for your help. Yeah, yeah that's a good question, Tom. And, uh, and you do have some control over it but keep in mind once it fails you know the failure based learning on a roof is now you've destroyed thousands of dollars of something on the inside of your house you know and now you're into you know other things so part of getting your roof you know going for the gold and really getting a new roof membrane and substrate insulation sloped all that stuff and, and it's expensive I promise it'll hurt um, but doing it right matters because you're going to fix those those failed parts Tom, thanks for the call. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby at your service right here on KMOX. Now back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Sponsored in part by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. 
All right, Scott Mosby, home improvement. After the top of the hour, I'll get into the load-bearing wall explanation I promised. Right now, let's get to the phone lines and talk to Mark. Hey, Mark, good morning. How can I help you, my friend? Thank you for waiting here on KMOX. No problem. When, uh, you picked my interest earlier when you talked about replacing your filters. Yes, sir. Um, you know, there are wide variety of filters from the more traditional cheap to the more expensive. And then you can buy even the three-inch filters I've contemplated about um, putting into my furnace. And the last but not least would be is that uh, there's an ozone, it's kind of like a black light. Your opinion on those topics? Uh, the UV light, a black light, if you will, uh, started, uh, oh, f- 10 years ago being offered residentially. They've been around for a long time. Uh, basically, if you take uh, a virus, bacteria, whatever, and you take it outside and you stick it in the sun, it just doesn't last very long. And it's the ultraviolet light and the sunlight that does that. So this is an artificial way of putting, you know, this kind of low-tech light bulb inside the ductwork of your furnace. Uh, it is effective. It's not full proof uh, depending upon how many um, molecules come past uh, how long they've been exposed to that ultraviolet but it's better than not having it uh, it is something that requires a little bit more maintenance you know it's like a light bulb you can't really see it too well uh, so I like those in today's pandemic issue that is the one thing that I wish I had in my furnace that I do not uh, they are effective uh, now step back from that into normal furnace filters that you were talking about you know you've got the the carbon type, the HEPA high efficiency particulate um, material. And a good filter matters, but it, you, if you get such a HEPA, a high blockage filter, you can increase the resistance to the airflow that you make your furnace blower motor work too hard for too long. So I prefer, um, you know, a good filter, uh, but I don't, you know, it, more is not always better. You can get too good and cause other there's a consequence for every action for every actual there every action there's an equal uh reaction you know so keep in mind that uh more is not always better uh i do have and love the four inch wide uh uh three inch uh, what's called the accordion it looks like a corrugated box so it has a lot more surface area so instead of just having a flat filter that's a one inch thick media uh this thing is much thicker and instead of having 24 inch by 20 you know four square feet of area that zigzag um, accordion corrugated box look and filter material i might wind up with eight square feet which does a better job without blocking the airflow so uh you kind of get what you pay for i like the um the uh thicker elements i do like the ultraviolet lights um and you pretty much can uh figure this out on your own I appreciate that. I think um, I was kind of going in the direction of the bigger filters and the UV light. Um, and is it, is it expensive to put that UV light in? Not really. They're, you know, they're, basically it's a fluorescent light fixture that's been tested. So you're paying as much for the research and development as you are for the product itself. Uh, but if they're going to sell something, they have to qual- quantify that, yes, these promises are true. So there's a lot of certification and regulation that goes into getting a product to be able to be sold credibly so that the Better Business Bureau, you know, believes that you're telling the right story. So, no, they're not expensive. Uh, they're hundreds of dollars and not thousands of dollars basically cut a hole in the side of your ductwork uh, near your furnace so you know off you go with that they go in pretty easily and you know both the big media filters as well as ultraviolet lights i like them both 
Sounds perfect. I appreciate your time. All right, Mark. Thanks for the call. Good material. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, stay tuned. Hour two, when we come back, top of the hour, I've got a couple of patient callers. Please hold the line. We'll get to you right after the top of the hour. We're going to talk about removing a load-bearing wall, how to identify that for you and for me. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show, presented by Schleider Painting and Home Improvement Company. Schleider Painting, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. All right, back together, hour two, lunchtime, bean time. Uh, We are at the top of the hour, serving the middle of the country right here in the United States. KMOX, 50,000 watts. This is a clear signal or clear channel. Um, At least it used to be. What that meant is that on this 1120 AM frequency, no other radio station in the FCC jurisdiction of the United States, North America, would have that frequency. Well, that has been sliced and diced over the last few years, like everything else, you know, with the advent of cell phones and all the rest of the Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, whatever. The point being that still our 50,000 watts, the reason we have the reputation, the history of Cardinal Baseball in London being picked up in Indiana as far away as northern Iowa, Colorado, all of that is because of that 50,000 watts. And an AM signal actually bounces off the uh, Earth's atmosphere. So if you have a cloud cover or atmosphere, um, an AM signal takes off in a straight line, bounces off the cloud, and comes back to the earth. So you may have one of these reflection bouncing uh, AM signals and wind up landing, as we had some of the uh, stories of uh, Scott Air Force Base uh, servicemen, landing in a plane in London, England, uh, listening to Cardinal Baseball on KMOX through 11:20 a.m. signal, um, you know, so that's where that story all comes from, and why KMOX has remained being uh, with the strong signal we have, and the way we just frankly go about uh, seriously serving, you know, the radio needs of our community. Uh, we are the you know flagship of St. Louis and the Midwest. Uh, Likewise, when it gets to emergency broadcast, homeland security, weather releases, all that stuff, uh, you know, homeland, uh, the FCC, that signal goes to KMOX first. And with that responsibility, then it's up to KMOX to make sure all those other stations, um, hundreds literally, receive that information in a quick and easy method and that we have a responsibility to share it with you. So, you know, first, the best, and always right here on KMOX, uh, Brian Kelly, you know, there's a lot more horsepower than, you know, his voice here on KMOX. Likewise, we take that position very seriously. At times like now, when it really matters, um, we get it. Um, we are your lifeline, your information, your family, uh, you're our family. We're all in this together. We take that very seriously, as do our sponsors, and they help us bring these messages, these services, uh, and the community. Uh, for those of you that, for whatever reason, especially today, as we're all now at stay-at-home orders, by golly, this may be it. Uh, there's only so much uh, TV you can watch, and it doesn't tell me anything. It 
you know, I'm watching something recorded 10, 20 years ago. It doesn't keep me apprised of anything. All right, I promised. Uh, we are getting into hour two. I have Joe and Sandy holding. Uh, God bless you. Thank you. Uh, I will get to those answers quickly, but I promised in hour one to discuss load-bearing walls. Uh, this is available on our website. It's a blog or a, a an article written on a website, which is all a blog really is. And that's at callmosby.com, C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y dot C-O-M. Uh, and it's entitled, uh, Identify and Remove a Load-Bearing Wall. Got a really good graphic in there that I'm very pleased with uh, how clear it's put out. But if you have a house, a gable home where the, you have two slopes on the roof, just up and down, front and back, um, the, there will be three bearing points commonly built in most traditional homes, sometimes only two. So I guarantee the front and the back wall, the longest walls of the house, typically are the load-bearing walls. And then usually there'll be a center wall. And, you know, when you have a hallway going down the middle of the house lengthwise, it's hard to know exactly which side of that wall is load-bearing and which is not. So you go downstairs in the basement, you look for the steel beam. And the steel beam oftentimes will be underneath one of those side walls because you can't put, you know, a hallway, you know, on the beam over the center and then typically lines up somehow with the stairs. So uh, the beam is located in the design stage, typically by our architects at Mosby when we're drawing something up to make sure that beam goes down one of the sides of the stairs as well as one of the sides of the hallway. So front, back, center long walls. Um, If you have a hip roof, HIP, hip four slope, you know, where you have front, back, left, right, all four exterior walls are load-bearing. They hold up the roof, all four sides, so the entire perimeter. If you have gutters that go all the way around your house, um, unbroken to where it's just all one big piece, if you will, uh, all of those exterior walls are load-bearing, plus that center wall. When you have a bump-out where your house might be in an L-shape, you have a long you know, ranch look and then a bump out with a front gable or some uh, protrusion from that rectangular or square shape of your normal house. Uh, When you get into that, that's when you really need the pros because that gets into higher math and uh, structural engineers. That's why we at Mosby Building Arts have licensed architects who train all of our framing crews, our carpenters, uh, all of that. But there's a really good uh, point. And, And the reason this is important to you because where you're sitting at home and you're looking at your bathroom, your kitchen, your bedroom, um, knowing whether it's a load-bearing a wall or not can help you think through whether, well, would I be willing to take that out? Would would that be enough of a change that I wouldn't want to move? Can I just stay here in this home if I just get rid of that wall? And, and trust me, it is far more economical to stay where you are and fix up what you have rather than paying the moving costs, uh, you know, refurnishing, all those issues that go along with that. So anyway, take a look at the uh, callmosby.com website. The article I'm referring to is Identify and Remove a Load-Bearing Wall. Uh, It helps you do your homework for you and your spouse, your family, of would I be willing to do this? And keep in mind that really from our point of view at Mosby Building Arts, structures and loads are very easy. Those are nothing more than how much of the wall do I want to take out? Where are the bearing points? And then what kind of beam, how big is that beam that goes in? So that's the easy part. And actually, it's pretty affordable to do that. What's expensive is when there's ductwork in there, a plumbing pipe, a gas line, um, a a bunch of wires. Uh, It's all the ancillary, the peripheral costs, things that go through that wall, that when you remove that wall, now you own 
the solution to reducting all of that heating and cooling typically to a second floor bedroom that's already underserved um, or how do I get the wires in wires are pretty easy to restring and go around the corner but then you get into plumbing and you might get into uh, drain stacks drain waste and vent pipes that come down that carry liquid <laughs> you can't you know, run those pipes up and down the hill. They all have to be gravity drained and properly put in with, you know, slopes and such. So anyway, it's not the load bearing part that's hard to handle. It's the ancillary peripheral costs of all the stuff that's inside a wall. Anyway, we can talk about that and more right here on KMOX 314-436-7900-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's go to Joe and see what's cooking here. Joe, you've been very patient. Thanks for waiting. Scott Mosby here. How can I help you, sir? Thank you, and God bless you, sir. Uh, I live in a rural area, and uh, I bought this house new about a little over 50 years ago and uh, had a well about 10 years ago, we had uh, uh, rural water come through, and uh, many of us hitched on. Many used the same plumber. And uh, for all the time, I've had difficulty adjusting my shower. It'll, uh, it'll get uh, either too hot or too cold. It won't stay the same. And uh, he concentrated on that, and uh, we put a new shower head on, and and. It, uh, he never was able to get it fixed, and finally he's kind of uh, pleaded, uh, you know, ignorance and said he didn't know how to fix it. But uh, you turn it on after it hasn't run for a while. You turn it on the cold water, and it'll run through a cycle of getting real hot. Mm-hmm. And I mean hot. It's just, you know, just as hot as hot water. Yeah. And then it'll go through that cycle, and then it'll get cold and run cold. But then... Uh, I, uh, after I had a shower and wiped the uh, walls down and everything and maybe shaving or something, a couple of minutes later, the thing will start dripping again, and it'll run through a little cycle of dripping. And uh, I wonder, uh, by the way, I had a new water heater put in when I hitched on to the, uh, to the uh, what I call city water. Right. Uh, can you tell me what's going on and... Uh, and uh, it can be fixed? Um, yes, but it is. It's like dealing with gremlins. You and your plumber, your plumber is not incompetent. He's just out of ideas. Um, when these, here's the dynamic on a process flow. We're, we're total quality people at Mosby, so we process flow what works, what doesn't work, and why, and then we try and come up with that why. Um, there's, do you have a pressure regulator uh, now on your house from the city water? I don't know a thing about. I don't even know the language you're dealing okay. with. Uh, I totally. I was in the education all my life, and uh, I never have had anything to do with uh, the kind of work that you do and okay. the information that you deal with. So uh, I have no idea. Okay, Joe. When you when your water comes into the house and you have a shut off right there to turn the water on and off to the house. Uh, is there a contraption, a big piece of metal, oh, about eight inches and around, and you know, within a, cuff, a couple of feet of that turnoff there? So usually you're staring right at it when you turn the water on or off. Um, I don't know. Uh, can you still hear me? Yeah, sure can. I'm, I'm walking out to look at the uh, yeah. system. Yeah. And uh, I. Uh, so I've coming a, in, the, I've got a the, huge, uh, or I say huge, 
I've got a large tank over the uh, hot water, uh, you know, the heater. Yeah, yeah the hot yeah. water heater. There's a right. large tank or a big bulb, right. probably Perfect. a 10-gallon bulb there. And uh, I didn't bring my flashlight, so I can't yeah. I can't see the other part. But I, I don't know. I just All right. can't answer well, your question. All right, no worries on that, Joe. Uh, Probably you do have a pressure regulator. Most homes on city water typically have pressure regulator. And it is, um, uh, it it can drop the pressure from 80 to 60 or whatever you want it to be. Now, you put in a a pressure-adjusted shower valve, a pressure-adjusted lavatory sink faucet, and those have springs and adjustments as well. The reason you're getting... Um, hot water coming out of the cold is literally the water's going backwards, if you will, uh, into those I knew pipes. That, but what causes it to go backwards? Just pressure. Hot water ha- is higher pressure than cold water, so the hot will always move to the cold, but the cold will not move to the hot. Well, why did not? Why did that not happen until I had uh, this new system put in? At, uh, because well, it's it's the water here. I lived here and didn't have that kind of a problem. Well, the house doesn't have the problem. The new contraptions you've put in do. So your pressure tank, that thing over the top of your water heater, your pressure regulator valves. Uh, The issue is, uh, the one thing I would ask your plumber to look into is if you have a pressure regulator, uh, you have to, we've had problems there. There's a a Watts, W-A-T-T-S is one of the brands of most pressure regulators are that. There's a basic unit and then there's one that costs about twice as much. And when we get all these whiz-bang shower valves and lavatory faucet valves and all that stuff in the bathrooms and kitchens, if you don't have a high-quality first, you know, top-of-the-line pressure regulator, you can get this ping-pong game going back and forth of both pipe hammer and weird things like that hot water. So I would ask that your plumber, I'd call him back because you took, you spent a lot of money training this guy. I um, put a lot of money in this thing, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I agreed, but my point is, is don't start with a new horse unless you know. In rural areas, you're not going to find a whole lot of troubleshooters, so I'd, I'd go with the one you know uh, and ask him to look into the pressure regulator and research that a little because uh, as you come upscale with your f- fixtures inside the house, sometimes you have to go upscale with that pressure regulator too. You, you think it's worth the trouble? I, I, w- I mean, your frustrations tells me, if you're, if you're calling me, I, I'd say you're still in this and you're looking for a resolution. Uh, but, you know, after that, boy, howdy, I'm, I'm kind of out of gas on that one. I see. Well, that's about what he told me. Uh, yeah. He was out a uh, time or two after uh, I complained about it, and uh, he finally just gave up on it. We, uh, So I've been living with it for about 10 years. Yeah. This and, is not uh, One plumbing. other question I want to ask you, what in the world causes a big pop in these refrigerators? Sounds like a little 410 going off. Oh, uh Boy, I knew that. I knew that answer. Um, the pop. Um, uh, hold. I'll tell you what. Uh, we'll ask that to the listeners. Uh, what makes a pop in the refrigerator? I've heard it before. I've known that answer for the life of me, um, Joe. I just can't pull it out right now. But I'll bet we've got a listener that'll tell us that soon. Stay tuned. Thank you very much for your trouble, and God bless. All right. Thanks, Joe. Good luck. It's going to be a continued bumpy ride on finding that uh, hot water issue.
All right, folks, Scott Mosby, KMOX. We'll be right back for more after this. All right, back together, Scott Mosby, home improvement, phone lines wide open just for you, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, and 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. We talked about removing a load-bearing wall. Uh, Next topic, when we uh, get in between a few phone calls, we're going to talk about remodeling, bathroom remodeling, how to go about doing that, how you assess what's important, all those sorts of things. I try and bring little snippets of uh, things from my everyday life that, uh, you know, how do I go about doing this when I'm choosing a uh, contractor myself at home, a trade partner, a service, what is it exactly that I do and what pieces do I depend on uh, that matter to me and what don't? Uh, and I, So I try and uh, offer consumer shopping tips to you uh, from my platform as a consumer as well as a home improvement uh, professional. Uh, so, you know, I, it, a lot of that has to do with letting go of whether I like it or don't like it is, is it really important? Does it matter? Uh, we had a phone call uh, from uh, probably a pretty knowledgeable somebody for Joe's hot water issue. So, Joe, if you're listening, this particular listener, probably a plumber or irrigation person, offers a backflow preventer. It l- allows the water to flow one direction and not back the other. Uh, so there are two ways to do that. One is a check valve. A ball. So basically, there's a ball inside the pipe, and when the water flows, it'll push the ball open away from the opening. But when it shuts off, when you get backflow, when pressure on the other side is trying to go the other way, that ball can go a chunk. Whereas a backflow preventer is a little more high tech, and it's not quite so. Um, noisy and banging, but a backflow preventer is another thing. So uh, also pressure regulator and a backflow preventer might be words that you uh, discuss with your plumber. Uh, Thank you to the caller. Uh, We're all in this together. A little help from our friends. Uh, Years ago when I was first invited to do this show, I was totally intimidated. How in the world can I have answers for 30 to 50,000 listeners? I can't be that smart. No one human being can be that smart. Well, there's the answer. Nobody can be that smart. Well, together we can. So here we have Camo X, the magical uh, home improvement show that's been going on for better part of a half century. Yeah, I've been here 23 years, and there were three or four guys before me. So, uh, you know, I'm the latest schmo to sit the seat here for University of KMOX. I love it. I take it very seriously, and, you know, I bring my best. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. And let's go to Sandy, who's been uh, very patient as well. Sandy, thank you for calling. How can I help, and uh, what can I do for you? Okay, um, our son has a house um, that's 50 or 60 years old. And in the basement, there's this um, old shower, which is kind of nice to have an extra shower, you know, in the house. And uh, it leaks a lot, though. And we had a plumber come in, and he said, he was a very young plumber, and he said, oh, if I get into this old stuff, he said, sometimes it just deteriorates and you have a disaster on your hands. And we're wondering if um, some other plumber might have a different opinion, or should we just cap it off, and would that be dangerous? Or is galvanized pipe, I understand? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, your young plumber is giving you pretty good steerage um, because mm. when you get into old pipes, and, and ex- I'm going to exaggerate here to give you an example of how this can be true, um, all the cast iron pipes underneath the floor, the drain pipes that you can't see, they're wet, they're dark, and they're moist all the time. They continue to rust. So the issue, it's kind of like operating on a cancer patient, uh, an auto repair guy working on a rusty piece of metal on the car. They just can't put good something on top of a bad old something so uh, what he's telling you is once I start dealing with this I have to go up line until I remove all of the plumbing pipe cancer or rust and that may be in the other side of your house uh, on a half century old house so he's given you good uh, guidelines um, and all he's saying is I'm accountable to make this work and to make it work, I may need to go a whole lot further than just right here where this shower is. Um, so for the extra showers, uh, uh, I would ask him, is the plumbing drain vented? If it is vented and you really want that shower, uh, just from a consumer point of view, um, I don't think the choice of a plumber. Uh, I like this plumber because he told you the truth. Um, okay. the less scrupulous plumbers will say, sure, I can get it. And then wham, two days later, you're looking at a $6,000 change order, which, you know, he probably knew in his heart. It's like, well, this old dog's going to be rusted when I get there anyway. So some mm-hmm. of it is in the business processes and ethics, as well as the trade skills of people willing to tell you the bad news up front of what it could be, what it does. And then, and again, and, you know, from my point of view as a, a contractor, the process flow, we're going to get this done. Done quicker because when we already discuss that before the problem occurs, this is what might happen, this could happen, and this could be a total non-issue, then all of the decisions, whether you want to even start this project or not, you have your, you know, your wallet ready, your heart is ready, and you're toughened for bad news, and then when it comes out to be good news or that, it's just, uh, okay, honey, we discussed this, you know, this is what we're going to do. It helps. This is helping the consumer make a clean, clear, and um, unpressured decision in the business process of this, this plumber, I think. Okay. Um, well, it would, would it be dangerous to just cap the thing off? No. You know, and put a cap on it and it would quit leaking and then we could just, you know, do with that what? and not have the shower? Yeah, what's leaking here? Take me through that, Sandy. What what it, what actually is leaking, dripping, and how do you see it? Um, it's a little above my head, and um, I think the pipes are external, um, meaning they're not inside the wall. They're outside the wall. I mean, they're in the room instead of in the wall. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, it just drips and drips and drips. So there's a bucket under it, and they keep emptying the bucket. But it's it's getting it splatters, and then everything's moist and it's a tile, those small tiles, and they're a little yeah. little moldy, mold in them, mildew in them. Sure, sure. So it's a cleaning problem, and it drips, and it's running up the bill, I'm sure. Yeah. So can could a plumber just cap it somehow, shut it off? Is that a dangerous procedure? Could that lead to big problems? No, capping it, I will tell you this, uh, you're getting a symptom already. 
your 50-year-old son's house is saying, you know, um, there's a problem here. Uh, and if I've got rusty dripping pipes in one place, it could be very simple or not. Uh, it's kind of like on roofers. Should I re-roof over the top of the existing roof or should I tear it off and see what's really wrong? So I, I would offer that at, a, at the age of this house, I would go ahead and discuss with that plumber as well as your son, you know, okay, how far are you willing to go? Uh, but I would want to know, for me, I'd want to know why is that thing dripping? Because if I have rusted pipes here, do I have others around the corner that are going to burst when I'm gone for a week? Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I, it, it's more the symptom tells me something, you know, just like with this COVID thing, you know, on the whole temperature thing and all the symptoms, you know, I get a cough, I think I'm going to die. It's like, well, wait a minute, I don't have a temperature. I don't have any chest, you know, and I'm sure we're all going through this. Uh, mm -hmm. So anyway, my point is, is there your house is speaking, make sure you listen. And, I, and okay. I'd go into it and see what it is. Okay, now my husband just mentioned I should tell you that um, these are the faucets that are leaking, not... Yeah, that's... Not that, what, Jim? Not the pipes. Not the pipes, it's the faucets. Boy, that's that's an inexpensive thing. I, I would be prepared... Personally, I would change those faucets and, and go into it being planned, you know, plan on doing that from the get-go, really. Uh, and you're saying then that might be a simple solution? It's not going to back up into the wall if we take the faucets off and try and replace them? Yeah, well, not necessarily because those faucets are screwed to those old pipes. He, but, you know, generally when you have problems like that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the plumbers that are smart enough to tell you about rusty pipes generally know how to deal with them. Uh, oh. And those are the guys you want to go to battle with. So, I, you know, I would, uh, frankly, young plumber or not, whoever this guy is that told you the straight scoop, you know, uh -huh. I'd be willing to do that. But it, it could be very simple, just changing the faucets. It, my opinion, the faucets leak and the pipes are okay. What the plumber's telling oh. you is the connection to that faucet may be so rusted together, I may not be able to unscrew it without damaging the pipes. I may have to saw the pipe to get that faucet off and then replumb pipes for, you know, six, eight feet to get it back to the faucet. You follow me there? Six or eight feet, you mean um, into the wall? Yeah, outside. You know, he doesn't know what he's getting into. Um, the oh, issue. So yeah. What would you do then? Would you risk trying to replace the faucets, or just let it drip? Uh, I would risk trying to replace the faucets uh, because those fittings. Um, you know, uh, I, I personally would, but but I'm the guy that fixes stuff. You know, I can't sleep yeah. at night with drips like that because of the peripheral. Yeah. You know, you've got a good tile base and shower base that's now being affected by mold and mildew. It wasn't designed to be wet twenty four seven. So you've got right. good money going bad because of a faucet drip. Well, um, well, it, it drips into the bucket and it kind of splatters and then it dries and then it's wet again, yeah. you know, when it drips again. So it's off I, and on. Yeah. But you think if he starts sawing on that pipe, it could cause trouble back up inside the the wall. And it could be real simple, too. These guys, you know, he may he may say, look, I'm going to put some of this uh, anti-rust material on. I'll be back tomorrow and the day after that. Or here's how you need to do this. So I, I, I would go into it. I don't like to let drips just go. Um, because, frankly, to cap it off, he's got to do the same work that he does to change oh. the faucet. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, my husband wants to say something here. Jim, come here and tell him what you wanted to say, that it's not... <laughs> Hold on, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Jim. Yeah. Jim. Not to worry. Oh, he doesn't want to talk. He's bashful now. Yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> well, See, okay. I guess we'll have a, a, 
another plumber look at it, get a second opinion. Yeah. Um, and if he thinks he can just replace the faucets, and then it's not, we don't see any other leaks. Because you can see the pipe that goes from the faucet, it's, a, I don't know, three or four feet up to the yeah. top of something where it goes in the wall. Perfect. So uh, I don't think it's dripping, maybe not from that top part, but just from the bottom part where the faucets are. You yeah. Know, about uh, waist level or wherever your shower knobs are, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I'd I go after that one. A shot. What? I'd go after that one. I'd change those faucets. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll try it. Thank you. All right, Sandy. Take care. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX, phone lines 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. I am Scott Mosby on KMOX. I am at your service. Hey, folks, remember the outdoors is just around the corner. I know what today is like, but uh, did you hear Brian Kelly say Tuesday is going to be close to 80 degrees? There's hope. Springtime outdoors and social distancing is possible outdoors with a little bit of prudence and self-control just be aware and uh, keep apart uh, certainly we at mosby building arts are doing the same uh, you know we've had to change a lot of things in terms of how we do business by separating um, actually uh, in-person meetings we basically sit in four corners of a room um, it's interesting uh, how that all goes on, off uh, and, uh, you know, visiting with clients as well as easier by virtual, basically by GoToMeeting, by Zoom, by the virtual computer applications um, or, uh, you know, for example, uh, just, just the various ways to go about doing that. And frankly, uh, when you're holding the phone, for example, Helitech does this, you can walk around and show them exactly the cracks you're talking about. They'll say, step away. We need you to be about 20 feet away so I can see the whole wall. Can you pan left or right? You know, that's how they go about doing it. Likewise, we at Mosby do the same thing. So be careful. A couple of phoned in answers for our callers. Uh, thank you very much. The community and wisdom of KMOX. Um, one uh, caller for the hot water for Joe out in rural plumbing with the hot water. Um, uh, one caller had problem with their thermostatic, thermostatic or pressure balance shower valve. This is kind of what I was getting back to on the pressure regulator as well. The thermostatic, there are pressure or anti-scald is how it started with springs and now there's thermostatic shower valves that uh, actually have kind of this mini computer in it sensing the water temperature back and forth and back and forth if you have something like that high tech or low tech it would usually be at a shower and a lavatory faucet um, and it could be in that specific lavatory faucet where you're having the experience um, that as well uh, and then also for uh, I, I guess we had a, a caller uh, asking about the popping in the refrigerator apparently there is a frost free uh, heater basically that heats up and and it gets rid of you know a, a self defrost refrigerator or a freezer uh, that is usually the culprit on the popping sound of the heating element warming up that uh, gasket and interior surface of that refrigerator or freezer and in doing so sometimes you get that popping banging uh, it could be even a drip I'm not sure about that I'm way out of my badge level with this one but the message is number one for Joe and his hot water thermostatic shower valve the valve could be it I do know for a fact at Mosby we have had uh, that situation 
situation where we actually changed the exact shower valve three times and it was the third one that did the charm. So having a shower valve that has all the whiz-bang features doesn't mean that all the whiz-bang features are working correctly inside of it. And then likewise, the popping on the fridge could be frost-free, defroster. Anyway, it's time for a service call on that. Um, uh, let's see what's cooking with my buddy here. Uh, let's see what's happening with Rex. Hey, Rex, good afternoon. Welcome to Lunch on Camwex. How can I help? Hi, Scott. Thank you for uh, taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, the problem is is that our water bills are excessively high. My neighbors run from 40 to $60. Ours are like $120, sometimes okay. 140 And um, uh, I have access to the basement, and I haven't seen any leaking. However, part of the house is there is a crawl space which the bathrooms are above um so i haven't gotten back into that area of the house okay uh rex i've got um good news and bad news for you here uh, I've been involved in this a little bit, uh, frankly, more than I'd like over the last 35 years. And then being the guy on Cam Wex, I wind up being involved in a lot of these what to, how to, why to. Um, I have been involved in a situation where the water meter was the culprit. And that's going to be a real tough thing because uh, Missouri American or the water company is not going to be quick to accept or even or even research that. But I've been involved where a water meter will measure flow of water going forward. So when water comes into your house, so the water company turns up the pressure in the morning when everybody gets up to take showers, flush toilets, and cook uh, breakfast and all. So the pressure moves the water past the meter. Well, then the water, even though you're not using water, that water goes backwards. And then the next time the pressure goes up, it moves forward. But the water meter doesn't turn backwards, so it only measures a one-way direction in the water flow. So I've been involved where we could not find a leak. We dug up, we looked up. I mean, we were, you know, we looked for everybody buried in the house and could find <laughs> nothing. We had two or three different plumbers. We had our on-staff plumber as well. Uh, so anyway, the point being is keep checking the obvious simple things but also be aware this could be another gremlin like joe's situation where you know some freaky something little piece of equipment just the way its engineering is um erroneously and answers a something that you know it, it's not really broken but you know do you really need to fix it so you you might ask the water company to change out the water meter um and and see if that helps and they're surely not going to be real quick to do that yeah. All right. Well, that sounds that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> I will yeah. try that. Don't don't. Uh, I mean, you still hold equal responsibility in making sure you don't have pipes. But if you're using twice as much water as your neighbors, boy, howdy, man, you'd know it. You know, there'd be puddles under your crawl space. Your yard would be wet. Um, you'd have all kinds of uh, symptoms that go along with 100 percent over norm. You know, so anyway, just just be aware of that. Okay, thanks so much for your time. All right, Rex, good luck, my friend. All right, Scott Mosby, we've hit all four corners. My gosh, we are live and lively. And take a short pause, come back for more on KMOX. 
All right, back together, home improvement. Scott Mosby, uh, as promised, I was going to talk about various things around bathrooms. Just understand that at callmosby.com, our website, it's kind of a mirror of the KMOX Home Improvement Show. We have blog topics on accessible design, architectural design and remodeling, home makeovers, basically 24 different categories. And underneath all those are uh, selections, colors, photos, articles about all of that. So with your time here at home, if you want to do some shopping and figure out just what it is you're looking for, whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professionally performed, you know, consumer, this is the place to go. Uh, call Mosby.com and just look at those blog topics. Let's go to the phone line, see what's happening with my friend, uh, uh, Mike. Hey, Mike, good afternoon. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help? Yeah. Hey, Scott. Uh, yeah. I have about a 2,000 square foot basement with some mold. And uh, just wanted uh, some guidelines on a dehumidifier. I see 50 gallons, 70 gallons, you know, rating, et cetera. Yeah, Mike, you're going to need, on a 2,000-square-foot basement, you're going to need more than one dehumidifier. The problem is going to be how to drain it, or you're going to have to keep emptying those buckets, uh, 50-quart and bigger. But you're going to need some box fans to move that air. So not only do you have humidity in the basement, you need to move the air past those dehumidifiers so that they get an opportunity to dry out that air and all of it in the basement. So you need to blow that stuff around like a big mix master in a kitchen, uh, and then one or two dehumidifiers far apart, both draining continuously to a floor drain if you can do it. I know you don't usually give out brands, but any recommendations? No, I don't. They they last only about a year to three years when you use them like that so heavily. So I think that's about all you're going to get. It's, uh, you know, I I like, you know, the Sears models. I go by the name brands, uh, but basically you're going to just count on them lasting two or three years. Okay, thank you. All right, Mike. Hey, folks, stay uh, strong, positive, stay healthy, safe. You matter, and you must decide and distance yourself.